Man, it's good to have you up here on stage. Ah. Well, I can tell you this, that song right there is close to rapping as I will ever get in my lifetime. That uh, We were listening to the radio the other night coming home from Cheyenne and they were doing this rap thing where they would, uh, the, the radio hosts would rap, they were terrible, terrible. I kind of felt like them right there singing that middle verse of that song. Uh, but so true. Great, great, great songs to help us focus this morning. And uh, so last week, last week we, uh, we began the year 2020 by talking about the subject of aiming our hearts. You know, like you would aim an arrow or a gun, uh, that it's something that we have to intentionally do is aim our life, aim our heart, because it, it won't just come naturally. In fact, quite the opposite, right? I mean, if, if you just live your busy life every day, uh, trying to get through what you have on your, in your day planner, uh, tell me that you don't get to the end of the day and go, oh, wait, um, God, oh yeah, you're, you're a part of my life. That happens to me. You would think, oh, well, that should be easy for a pastor, right? That's his job. No, there are lots of things that come across my desk on a daily basis that can distract me from the most important relationship that I have on the planet, and that's with Jesus Christ. And unless we intentionally aim on a daily basis our hearts to him, uh, we, uh, I mentioned the, this quote last week, if you don't know where you're going, you're sure to end up there. That's, uh, that's just true, um, guaranteed. And so we're, we're kicking off the year by, by talking about this idea of aiming our hearts. Now, um, if we don't daily live our life for Jesus Christ, our lives will become a constant attempt to fulfill our own personal selfish human desires. That's just, it's going to happen. Um, since the fall, that's exactly what happens in, in all of our lives. Um, my wisdom and my not, in fact, I'm, I will openly admit, I am terrible at running my own life. I'm bad at it. I, I constantly screw things up if I'm not staying focused on my relationship with Jesus Christ. And when I'm not focusing on the king, and that's who we're, gonna, we're talking about, this series, Praying the King's Agenda. Now, you see that 21 up there, and in really tiny letters it says 21 days of focused prayer. We're, we're doing 40, so forget the number 21. Although if you... If you if you buy the book on Amazon, if you search Praying the King's Agenda on Amazon, you can, you can download it onto your Kindle for 99 cents. And you can read through the 21 days as we go through this series. Now, my hope is, uh, and it's kind of for me too personally, that out of that 40 days that we're going to be in this series, I will be able to accomplish the 21. I mean, I, I'm just acknowledging how life works. Um, sometimes we'll miss a day. And uh, this stuff is too good to try and rush through a couple days to catch up and check them off the list. Um, so I hope that you will, if, if you're somebody that reads on a device uh, and, that's, and that's what you do, uh, and you have Kindle on your iPad or, or your tablet, go to Amazon and get this, get this book. And uh, if you're not good at that and you don't have, maybe you don't even, I know somebody that doesn't have a smartphone. Um, and, and you don't have that ability, 
uh, LaDonna Goosewell has taken those 21 days and put them in the January prayer calendar, and they're available out there on the, uh, on the, the information counter. So you can pick up one of those. In fact, they, they look like this right here. Prayer calendar 2020. Um, and it's the, uh, all, all or many of our converged churches are spending the first month just praying for the year. Uh, what, what would the Lord have us? And so um, that's, that's what we're going to do, and I hope that you will engage in that. You can also buy the book. I think it's three bucks. And uh, in the, the, the good thing about the book is it has, has lines where you can journal and you can write down thoughts that you had during the course of that particular day. Um, I'm finding that that is a really good thing. So uh, when I am focusing on the king, and when I am surrendering everything, and I mean everything. Now, I also recognize that that's hard to do, because we, we, we come to church, we get convicted, we, 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 we kneel before the altar, whatever, and we surrender everything to the Lord Jesus Christ, and within two days, or one day, or four hours, we've grabbed a few of those things back and said, I want to keep control of this. I want to make the decisions, and, and it's, so it's, it's a journey. It's, it's a process that God has, is taking us through to give up those things which we continually to grab back. It could be your kids. It could be a spouse. It could be a job. Um, I mean, fill in the blank. It, there are lots of things in our life that fit in there. But if we don't remain surrendered to Jesus Christ on a weekly and daily and hourly basis, the um, or when we do stay focused on him, that chaos of life uh, can turn into hope. You know, those things that you were, uh, a devotion I read earlier in the week said, uh, if, you're, if you're a worrier, uh, if you're good at worrying, you can also be good at focusing on Jesus Christ and his word. You already do it. You worry every day. You just need to, to refocus your mind instead of on those things that are creating anxiety in your life to the truth of God's word. And him. It's just changing our focus. Uh, chaos turns to hope. Stress turns into to lessons. Some of them gentle, some of them not so gentle. And, and, and there is this thing that I experienced, yet I don't understand how it's even possible or, or can be there, but I know it because I've experienced it, and that is peace. Peace in my life on a daily basis. Uh, and, and a peace that escapes understanding. And, and I experience it. I know I experience it because it's there. But I, I don't understand it, this peace. But I do know where it comes from. And it comes from Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit in my life. So with the goal of aiming our hearts and our lives in the, in the, direct, in the right direction this year, we're going to begin by focusing for 40 days on on prayer, and the title of this this series is uh, is pray the king's uh, pray the king's agenda. Okay, and and you're like, what what is that? What does that look like? What? Well, let me tell you what that looks like. Uh, praying the king's agenda is simply another way of saying, hear what the Lord Jesus has to say to you from the Bible, and pray about it in response. That's that's it. Actually, it's. Pretty simple. I mean, Jesus didn't make faith difficult, right? The, the Pharisees asked, what, what's, what's the greatest commandment, right? Jesus said what? Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and 
Love your neighbor as yourself. So, Jesus says, the most, love God and love people. It's pretty simple. Simple to say, simple to hear. Sometimes it's not so difficult or not so easy to live. Um, but, but what I want to do today is talk about this praying the Bible. What does that look like? How, how can we do that? Uh, allowing our Savior Jesus Christ to set our prayer agenda. Uh, I mean, it's, it's actually quite simple, as I said. So simple a caveman could even do it. And there are, that's a blast from the past, right? <laughs> Whoa. Um, there are three words that I want you to write down. Now, I didn't give you a note sheet this week uh, because there really isn't much that you can take notes on. But if you keep a notebook, you have it with you, maybe you, on your worship folder, you could write these three words down. Worship, surrender, and obedience. Worship, surrender, and obedience. I, I think if we are looking to accomplish the mission that God has for us, what is my purpose as a Christ follower it's, it's that right there. If I did that every day of my life, I believe I would be right in the center of my relationship with Jesus Christ. Worship, surrender, and obedience. And these three, three words, I believe, describe what happens when we pray the king's agenda. Okay, and it starts with taking time each day to, to open up our Bibles and read something from them. It could, be a, it could be one verse, it could be four verses, it could be a whole chapter. I would say if you're not used to reading the Bible, or maybe you've never ever read the Bible before, maybe you don't even own one. If you're here today and you don't own a Bible, reach under the chair in front of you and pick one up and leave the building with it. The book of Mark is a great place to start if you've never read the Bible before. That's a good place to start the book of Mark. So it, it starts with reading God's word, which is inspired by him. Written by human authors, but God gave them the words to write down. And that's the only way it could happen because there's, there's no contradiction. It's 100% right. It's 100% truth. Sometimes you see some of the religious books out there and you think, well, where did those people exist that they write about? And, and they didn't actually exist. The, you can't find them archaeologically. And every day, archaeology is continuing to support what we read in our Bibles. In the Old Testament, they say, well, that king didn't exist in that period of time. And well, all of a sudden, you know, after years of excavation, they, they find some tablets that, that actually did uh, record the fact that that king was alive in, in, in that place at that time. And the Bible was written over thousands of years, and it all fits together it, it, God put this in our hands and we can trust it. It is truth with a capital T. Now, have you ever been looking for something? Maybe you're at a huge box store and you're looking for something. You're, you're looking for an item. Let, let's say it's a tool. You need a tool to do a certain job and you want to know if this tool will do this thing that you want it to do. This happened to me actually day before yesterday. Oh yeah, we have one of those, he said. So we go over to their section, and, and the person that's in charge of that section is actually there also. I think they radioed ahead. And, 
And I'm expecting them to say, here it is. This will do exactly what you want it to do. And what were they doing? They were reading on the back of the packages. One guy was on his cell phone searching it, which I'd already done, right? I wanted the expert to tell me what this would do or what this wouldn't do. I mean, they should be the expert, right? They work there. They're in charge of this area. It's frustrating, right, when you do that. Or, or this, you buy something that they say it will do this. You get it home, you get it out of the box, you get it all set up, come to find out. This happened when Vizio came out with their smart TV, right? Yes, it's not a smart TV. Not the, They may have changed their... Yes, it, will ha- it has apps, but you can't search the internet with it. To me, that's a dumb TV. So then what do you do? Well, then you have to invest in a Roku or a, a Fire TV or something so that you can then make that TV smart, which you thought you were getting in the first place. Right? That's frustrating. Well, here's the thing. You will never be frustrated with reading the Word of God. Ever. God will not tell you one thing in His Word and act differently. He will not one day, if you, if you go through something in your life, he will not one day go, oh, rats, you know, I shouldn't have let that person go through that. doesn't ever occur to God. He is always 100% right. Pastor Michael drilled that into our kids' heads, I think probably every day. We can trust him 100%. So whatever you read here, though we may not always understand it at first, what we, what, whatever we read in the Word of God is 100% truth, capital T. It will never lead us wrong. We can trust that. God's the expert. In fact, he's more than the expert. You know, it'd be like the inventor of a certain machine being at the store when you're looking to buy whatever it is you want to buy. You could ask them any question and they could tell you everything about it what it will do, what it won't do, its limitations, those things. Why? Because that person invented that thing. They created that thing. Well, what, what do you know? We just happen to have the love letter, the, the description, what God has revealed to us about himself, who he is the creator of all things, of everything. Your feet, your hair, how your body works, which is amazing. Uh, every day I find out something new about our body. Maybe, maybe it's through somebody who's going through some issues with their, with their eyes and, and I find out things about an eyeball that I never knew before. It's like, wow, you can do that? God did that? I mean, you know you see everything upside down, right? Isn't that right? Kathy, you would know this. Doesn't the, Bonnie would know this. Would you know this? That your, your, your eye actually, your, it bounces off. It's like looking in a mirror. You're, right? Okay, I got a little bit of a shake of the head. Okay. Whew. All right. Every day God teaches me something. Uh, and the lessons are usually pretty obvious. But sometimes they're not. Sometimes they're a little bit subtle. And then, and then it's one of those, I don't know what's going on, but it's bugging me. 
Let's uh, try it up here. Probably make it worse. And, and the lessons that I learn every day are only lessons that could come from an all-powerful God who, who knows everything about everything because he created it. Uh, look at these verses up here on the screen in the first chapter of the Gospel of John. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Okay, now, who, who is John talking about there? Because it seems a little bit cryptic, kind of. So if you look in your Bible, the word word, even there on the screen, the word word is capitalized. Word. What? So it's a formal name, right? John is talking about Jesus Christ right there. Let me, okay, let me, let me just make it easier for you to understand. Let me read it this way, okay? In the beginning was Jesus, and Jesus was God, and Jesus was God. Jesus was with God in the beginning. Through Jesus, all things were made. Without Jesus, nothing was made that has been made. In Jesus was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. Jesus shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome him, and it never will. Jesus came as the light of the world. We just celebrated that. And Jesus died for three days sunrises, Satan thought he had won. And then what does Jesus do? He overcomes the darkness forever when he raises from the dead. So God, God created all things. And we read here that, that Jesus is also God, a part of the Trinity. And Jesus was a part of that creation as well. So um, turn with me, if you would, to Genesis chapter 1. I don't know what page this is in the Bibles under the, under the chairs. It's, it's like page, well, one for me. Might be page one in those Bibles as well. I want you to, to let's, let's look at this. It's not going to be on the screen, so if, if you want to follow along, turn there, Genesis chapter one. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty, darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And we know that the Spirit of God is Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And God said, okay, emphasis, God said, let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness he called night and there was evening and there was morning the first day. And God said, let there be an expanse between the waters to separate water from water. So God made the expanse and separated the water under the expanse from the water above it. And it was so. God called the expanse sky and there was evening and there was morning the second day. And God said, 
Let the water under the sky be gathered to one place and let dry ground appear, and it was so. God said, and what? It was so. God called the dry ground land, and he gathered waters he called seas, and God saw that it was good. Then God said, let the land produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants and trees, and it was so. The land produced vegetation, plants bearing seed according to their kinds, and trees bearing fruit with seed in it according to their kinds, and God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning the third day. And God, what? Said, let there be lights in the expanse of the sky to separate the day from the night and let them serve as signs to to mark seasons and days and years. And let them be lights in the expanse of the sky to give light on the earth. And what? It was so. Verse 20, and God, what? Said. And it was so. And all the way to the end where God says in verse 26, let us, us, God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, let us make man in our image, in our likeness, And let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock, over the earth, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, in the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. And it goes on to finish chapter one. I mean, as I think about that, and I think about all that I see, and I was riding with somebody yesterday in a van, and they said, we were on our way home, and the sun was just setting, and they're like, oh, isn't it the sunset that God makes so beautiful? Well, he did. He created it. He created how your eyeballs work, and your legs, and your brains, and your heart. I mean, we do our best to manipulate those things when things go wrong, but but it's kind of like irrigation versus rain from the sky, right? Um, rain from the sky can water our crops and our land way better than we can physically attempt to do that ourselves. And the healing of God is so much better for our bodies and our souls than any sort of physical manipulation we could ever attempt. Now, he, gives us, he gave us minds and he gave us doctors, and I'm very thankful for that. But ultimately... We are hit. He is our king. He is the authority over all things. And we have a decision to make. Am I going to submit to him or am I going to live, continue to live my life the way I want to live my life? Now, what, does it look, what, what would it look like to pray that passage? Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever thought about praying Genesis chapter 1? Let's, let's try it. So if you would, let's, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll pray the first, I don't know, five verses or so. Let's, if you would, just close your eyes. and uh, Father, I, I thank you for being here with us today. Because I know that you are. Father, I read in Genesis 1, in the beginning you created the heavens and the earth. Oh God, thank you. You are so powerful that you speak and, and it happens. 
the earth was formless and empty and there was darkness over the surface. It says that your spirit or you as spirit was hovering over the waters and you said, let there be light. God, thank Thank you for being so sovereign and powerful and creative and detailed that you put all of this together from the very beginning, from the first day where you created light and you said, let there be light and there was light. Oh God, help me to understand the power that that you have to just even get a small glimpse of that. And, and, it's, and you saw that the light was good. Oh God, help me to know that all that you have created is good. Yeah, we've sort of messed things up, but you didn't just walk away. You are in the process of restoring us to you. And one day you will give us a new earth and a new heaven. Lord, you said let the land produce vegetation and it was so. God, thank you. Again. For your power and the fact that you know me, that you created us in your image. Father, thank you. Oh, may we worship you today and always. In Jesus' name, amen. So that's, there's no right or wrong way to do it, but it's taking God's word, reading it, praying through it, and then I bet if you do that in the morning, there will be many times during the course of the day where it comes to mind and you recall and remember what you prayed and what you remembered and what you read that morning. Let's look at another passage, Luke chapter 5. Oh, this is going so much slower than I thought it was going to. That's okay. Luke chapter 5. It's page 1020 in the Bibles under the chairs if you have one. You can turn there if you're not familiar with how the Bible is made up. Page 1020. First time I'm going to read it, starting in verse 27. After this, this is Luke chapter 5. After this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting at his tax booth. Follow me, Jesus said to him. And Levi got up, left everything, and followed him. Then Levi held a great banquet for Jesus at his house, and a large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with them. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, the religious leaders who belonged to their sect, complained to his disciples, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? I'll stop right there. So a tax collector in Jesus' day was one who, he was a Jew, uh, who gathered and collected the taxes from the people on behalf of the Roman government. And if you wanted to be paid as a tax collector, you just 
took a little more money from that person. So if they owed 10 denarii, you told them that they owed 15. You kept five for yourself and then gave the other 10 to the Romans. And people knew that they were snakes all day long. They knew that that's what they were doing. So not only was a tax collector um, collecting for the government, they were a traitor to their own people because they were Jews as well. So they were they were sort of in bed with the Romans when this was all happening. So, so and it, it says here, the, the religious leaders, okay, um, in this particular passage, Jesus is obviously being hard on them. Um, they say, why, why are you guys even hanging out with these people? I mean, you're supposed to be religious people, right? Why are you hanging out with these tax collectors, these traitors, and these sinners? This was Jesus' answer. It is not the healthy who need a doctor, right? But the sick. Who likes to go to the hospital just to go walk around in the halls when you're feeling well? Not me. Because I'm afraid that I might come out of there not feeling well. We don't go to the hospital because we are feeling well. We go to the hospital when we are sick. Sick people need hospitals. You know what? Well, we're all sinners, right? We need the church. We need Jesus. And that's what Jesus says. I've not come to call the righteous. He's like, I'm not here for people that are righteous. I'm here for sinners. And, and part of that entering into a relationship with Jesus Christ as a sinner is repentance. It's that surrender. It's surrendering. It's recognizing that, that I can't do this myself and I need Jesus. So how would we pray that? Because now we've looked at the Old Testament and now let's look at the, let's pray a New Testament passage here. Let's, let's pray, Lord Jesus, you, you, when you walked this earth, you saw a tax collector, his name was Levi, and you said, follow me. And Lord Jesus, I know that there are people here. I know that you have called me to follow you. And Father, my prayer is that I would be as obedient and responsive as Levi was in getting up and following you, that I would take that step of faith and trust you, knowing that you will never lead us astray. It may be hard at times to follow you, but Lord, I pray that you would give me the courage to do that when the time comes. And Father, I know that there are also people that that look down on the church because they say, well, uh, you know, the church is just full of a bunch of hypocrites. And Lord, I, I recognize that we are all in process and that none of us have arrived. We are all still struggling to live life worshipful and faithful to you, obedient to you. And I pray that you would help me to not be condemning of those who are struggling in their life with sin. Knowing, Lord, just as I say those words, that that's me too. That I too am a sinner. And I thank you for saying even to me, follow me. And Lord, I pray that I would just each day as you call me, that I would get up and I would follow you and I would be obedient. And that I would, just as Levi did and these others, that I would have a party at my house, (laughs) that my house would be a place where people can also meet Jesus because it's focused on you. Thank you for this word in Jesus' name. Amen. That's another way in which we can pray scripture. Because it's all truth. The capital T. 
Now, I was also going to pray through, I don't know why I thought I could get through three or four of these, but um, I want you to write this down. Psalm 139. It's actually in your worship folder at the, at the top of the description of the message, first page. Psalm 139. Uh, and go home today, first thing in the morning tomorrow, and pray Psalm 139. Read a sentence, pray about it. Read a sentence, pray about it. Read a sentence, respond. That's praying scripture. And honestly, if you will do this, I can't wait to hear how your life becomes in line with the agenda of the king. Because it will. It truly will. Um, Another verse that I'm not, well, let's put it up. James 1.17 says, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. See, we also need to remember that all good things are from him. I I got caught in this this week. When we do a good thing, it, it feels good, yes, to do that good thing, but then afterwards it's like, wow, I did that good thing. Look at me, I did that good thing. I had a good attitude. Wow, well, that good thing wasn't really from me. That good thing was God through me. Because even in thinking about that good thing, part of me is thinking, well, I do that good thing so that maybe I will look good. Well, that's not from God. That's selfish. (laughs) Right? We need to remember that every good and perfect gift comes from God. So, uh, two things I want to close with. We're going to partake of communion here. Worship team's not going to come up because I'm going to play a video so that they can participate. But I was at this funeral yesterday for Derek Jackson's dad, and and Virgil Jackson was a dealer for Hydrobeds. And, uh, you know, if, if you're not familiar with that, Hydrobed is a flatbed on a pickup that has these arms that fold, and you can load round bales, and you can feed round bales with them. And years and years ago, I mean, I think it was right when the Hydrobed company was first coming into existence, Virgil called him and said, hey, I want to be one of your dealers. And, and uh, through uh, the many years, Virgil and the owner became good friends. And they had a little video of the owner of Hydrobeds at the funeral yesterday talking about Virgil and his relationship with him. But the thing that really got me which maybe some of you didn't know, and maybe you've owned a hydrobed for years and you didn't know this, but um, he, the owner, as he's talking about this, talked about, um, oh, I need this to happen correctly. He talked about the second page of the hydrobed owner's manual. Let me read it. This is, our, this is our lead into communion, by the way, which is a time when Jesus gave us to remember his bloodshed and his broken body. Feeding hay to hungry cattle without the proper equipment can be everything from frustrating to dangerous. So can life. You were looking for a better way to feed when you found the hydrobed. If you are looking for a better way to live your life, there is a solution to that problem also. Like the hydrobed, this solution can give you the power to do things you could never accomplish by your own strength. Its power comes from an unseen force, just as you can't actually see the hydraulic pressure powering your hydrobed. The power is made evident through uh, the power is made evident though when you tap it. It is always available and unlike hydraulic pressure has no limits. Do you think maybe you don't fit the picture? Just as the hydrobed fits various sizes of bales, this way fits any and every person who chooses it sincerely.
Now, com- now comes the contrast. We ask you to pay hard-earned money for your hydro bed. In contrast, Jesus paid the full price for our eternal life when he willingly gave up his life on the cross for us. That's right. He established a choice for us, either to live as part of his sinful, uh, as, uh, either to live as part of this sinful life or to freely receive his gift of life and then begin a new life in him. 1 John chapter 5, verses 11 and 12 explain it clearly. This is the testimony. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. Jesus understood livestock people like you and me. In fact, he used a parable about sheep to explain the way to a good, full, happy life. In John chapter 10, he knew how to relate to the herdsmen and and craftsmen of that time. The meaning of Isaiah 53 verse 6 is as clear today as it was in Christ's time. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Just like a you or a cow gone astray, we think the only we think only of our own way and desires. This is one way we all sin and are separated from God, just as straying separates an animal from its master. We must acknowledge to the Lord that we know we have sinned and accept his saving grace for those sins. We must realize that he has borne our burden for us. He promises to enter our hearts and be with us eternally. Revelation chapter 3 verse 20 says it very well. Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. The decision is simple. The commitment is eternal. The blessings are incredible. And the choice is yours. Worship, surrender, and what? Obey. Worship, surrender, and obey. If you're here and you're like, I don't know about this Jesus thing, but yet you hear this, you're feeling this pull to your heart. It can be as simple as saying, in your, in your mind and in your heart, Jesus, I, you know what? I believe that you are God. And in this moment, in this place, I surrender my life to you. Help me to make you Lord. Help me to make you king. And the Bible says that when we believe in our hearts and we confess with our mouth that we will be saved. And that's why we celebrate communion this morning. Jesus said, he took the bread and he broke it and he said, as long as you live before I come back, eat of this and drink of this to remember. This represents my body broken for you. And when we partake of this, and if you're here and you don't know Jesus Christ as your savior, it's okay, just let it pass by. But as Christ followers, we we partake of this and we recognize that, that this God is calling us to remember 
the significance of the sacrifice that he made for us. And, and when the cup comes by, take one of those as well, and they'll actually come both by together, and you'll take one of each. Partake of the bread first and then the cup. And the cup represents the blood that Jesus shed. And he didn't just shed a little bit. He didn't just, you know, go and give a little bit. It was all taken from him. He was dead. But then on that third day, he rose again and and gives us hope in life. I know life is messy. It's for all of us. But when we trust in his word and in him, he gives purpose to the chaos. He gives hope and joy no matter what's happening. So what we're going to do, I'm just going to pray. And this, this closing video is, I just want you to, to think of the words, maybe even pray the words as you hear the song. You may know it, you may not. The words will be up there in case you don't. You can't quite hear it properly. But um, let's remember, let's worship. Lord Jesus, thank you for this bread and for this cup that over 2,000 years ago you sat in the upper room and you celebrated with the disciples. And you commanded us to do this until the end of the age, until you return. And so we do. Draw our hearts to you. Father, help us to pray the King, pray your agenda. Help us to, to worship and surrender and obey. In Jesus' name, amen.